if you had to give advice to someone who's struggling with their Latino identity because they haven't grown up, they haven't been privileged enough to grow up in a place like South London and Latino community. They grew up in Leeds. They grew up in Leeds. <laughs> that was really mean. Leeds is actually really cool. It's full of brown people. So I fine, know, fine. I they grew up in Doncaster. <laughs> they grew up in Doncaster, yes. What would you give to them? Like, say it's a 16-year-old listening to them. A 16-year-old. I would say listen to reggaeton. <laughs> Hello and welcome to an episode of Gen 2.0. You're with your host, Kitty Singh. In conversation with me today, we have the wonderful Jennifer Lopez. Hi. Hi. (laughs) And yes, her name is Jennifer Lopez. (laughs) I did not make that up for this episode. Jennifer works here in London at a technology startup. She is a senior member of the referencing team there. I won't give away too much detail as then you could probably stalk her on LinkedIn. (laughs) But I mean, yeah, don't worry, I didn't tell people you're the CEO, like our last (laughs) intro, (laughs) like our last time. And Jennifer and I actually studied together at university. We met when we ran in the Women in Business uh, Committee. We were on the standing first committee, actually, with Olivia Lynch. Shout out to Olivia. She's got a newsletter. And Gigi. okay. (laughs) What a great time. (laughs) I love Gigi. Shout out to Gigi for listening to. Shout out to Liv's newsletter. <laughs> Liv's newsletter, which also Jennifer is appearing on. Link below. <laughs> but yeah, so. So hello. Hi. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So you are what we kind of consider a second gen immigrant. Would you agree? Yes. Where are your parents from? Uh, both of my parents are from Colombia, but I was born here. Where are in Colombia? Uh, they are both from Bogota, the capital city. Oh, <laughs> I know that place. <laughs> okay, that's cool. And then, so your nationality is British. Uh, I am dual. I'm British and Colombian. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I was Colombian before I was British. <laughs> oh, interesting. So you weren't? Were you born in Colombia? I, no, 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 I was born in London, but I didn't know I got my Colombian passport before I got my British passport. <laughs> Guys, the Colombian embassy is like on this. I'm not even joking. And your parents grew up in Colombia? Yes. So how old were they when they came over here? Um, I believe late 20s. So they got married and they moved here the next day. It was really dramatic. <laughs> okay, this is the most efficient set of like, Latinos I've ever met. <laughs> I need to get their like, embassy number on dial, I'm not joking. So they lived in London? Yes. Okay, and you've been at that ever since? Yep, uh, except for obviously uni. Southeast London. I mean, don't go away your address or anything like that. People might fancy you and then you have stalkers. Because <laughs> obviously, podcast. I'm going to be really famous. <laughs> please don't stalk me. Please don't stalk me. Why did I say please don't stalk me? <laughs> Who's going to stalk me? I'm fucking useless. Okay, so, okay, and then you grew up in South London. You went to school there. Did you stay in one area your whole life, pretty much? Yeah, I think I've been in the sort of Elephant and Castle stretch to Bermondsey area. (laughs) 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 Elephant and Castle is central to my identity as a Colombian woman. (laughs) I think Elephant and Castle actually is really castle because I'm from the north. Um, I think Elephant and Castle is really interesting because I've been, I've not been told horror stories. So uh, backstory about me, I actually applied to King's College London. Right, yeah. And didn't get in in the end, but we won't touch upon that. (laughs) And I applied for accommodation at Elephant and Castle. And I remember my parents being like, oh, you don't want to live there. You know, it's a little bit dodgy. Like, what does that even mean? It's just one of multi-ethnic people. (laughs) Pre-gentrification. And then I just got told there's a huge, like, fuck off roundabout. Oh, yeah. It's all right now because they, like, spent a really long time 
ma making the traffic do a lot of weird stuff, but now it's not as congested. <laughs> okay. I mean, I've, I think the one annoying thing about Elephant Castle is that when I get the train there, I have to do like a 20 minute walk to the tube station. And even to get to the tube station, you have to cross a shopping center. <laughs> There's a whole journey. I love that shopping center. I mean, I, just, I think that's the most depressing shopping it's center It's so ugly, seen. but it's like my life. I'm triggered. The only good thing about that place is Mercato Metropolitano. What is that? You've never been? Guys, she's a fraud. <laughs> she's actually, you've never been to that market. What market? Mercato. Am I just saying it wrong? Is it just the market in Elephant Castle? No. It's this really gentrified market. It's, it's, it's like the box park of Elephant Castle. Oh, is it the one that is in like the temporary things? It's colourful, right? Sure. Is it colourful? It's got fairy lights. No, I think we're thinking about different things. No, I'm sure it is. It, it, fake news. it used to Elephant be. It used to be on a park, right? See, I, I don't was, know. I was there pre-gentrification. No, see, when I was there, well, there was no gin and tonics. <laughs> okay, and then do you, just because you're so closely affiliated to Colombia, so one of my questions was going to be, have you been to Colombia? Yes. How many times? Oh, many, many times. Uh, I think the first time I went, I was three. Mm -hmm. And then went sort of every other year. Then we had a, a 10-year dry spell where we went twice. Mm -hmm. And then I've been three times in the last three years. So yeah, I've been quite a lot. Okay, fair enough. So just based on that, would you consider yourself 1.5 gen or a second gen? No, definitely second gen. Yeah? Interesting, because yeah. I think I'm quite similar to yourself, but I consider myself 1.5 gen. Were you born in India though? I was, but I lived there for such a short period of time that I just... But I'm very similar to you, like we used to go back every summer and then yeah. it's been like... So I'm actually going back, well, at the time of recording of this podcast, I'm going in two weeks time. Okay. I've not been since I was 17. Properly. Oh wow! Yeah, it's just been a really. Long, but, it's, but I feel very similar to you then. I thought you went when we were at uni. Did I? You did. Maybe I did. You I did. did. I went for a couple of days. Yeah. Um, it wasn't really what I call like a round trip though, because I went from I think the Monday to Friday. It was for like a special. It was. It was for a festival, which we shan't touch upon because okay. it's not about me. It's about you, Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, let's talk about your childhood then. Growing up, what was it like in South London? Um, it was pretty great. I think that I grew up in a very multicultural environment. Um, I grew up very, very Colombian in a very Latino community because my parents had a business in Elephant Castle. They had a, a coffee shop. So... So gentrified. <laughs> Pre-gentrification. <laughs> so, um, I think it's on that road that you're talking about that has the gin and tonics. Yeah. So, on that road, is it the one with the arches? Like, the warehouses? I honestly have been there twice in my life. Okay, and I've fine. been drunk for one of them. So, okay. I couldn't, you know, couldn't tell you too much. So, um, back back in that time, it was two, two of, like, eight arches were Colombian businesses. Oh. And my parents worked in the first one. Now it's like seven out of the eight of them are Latino businesses. Okay. Um, but because of that, it meant that I was always in a Latino environment. Like when I came home from school, I would come to the coffee shop. My friends, I met them playing on the street, playing in the park. Because opposite that, there used to be a park where there was a massive estate, uh, which is no longer there. Um, but that was so much fun. So like... My childhood's and, very Colombian. And then these Latino friends that you met in the park, were they Latino? Oh, I just said Latino. <laughs> I, pre I preempted that conversation. 
But I mean, were they Latino? Were yeah. they like children of other Latino business owners yes. or like residents of the area? No, they were mostly kids um, of other business owners. Oh, so it was like a little community. Yeah, little it was gang-gang. really fun. So that was like my, my Monday to Friday group. And then on Saturdays, people that would come, like clients, would also bring their kids. So then it'd be oh. like, every Saturday would be like waiting, like, oh, what kids are coming and then we can go play. And it was just, it was just really fun. And here's what's interesting is that I find similar to Indian community, a lot of our clients are Indian. Because <laughs> yeah. they, they come to you and they're like, oh, you know, you're my friend that yeah. is from that village or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, you, you get what I'm trying to say. I think though. that's the point of, of the businesses in Nelephant and Castle there. I don't think they necessarily cater to non-Latino demographics. They welcome them. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's changed since my parents left because my parents left like 10 years ago. Okay. Um, but at the time, it was definitely like a point of the community. It was like, because my parents' coffee shop also had... Um, money, what's it called when you send money to another country? Like Western transfer. Yeah, yeah, it was like that. Yeah, now I feel you. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it was like a full on, like, Latino. Yeah. We do everything up at this joint situation, but we make coffee. Like, downstairs was a coffee shop, and then upstairs was a hair salon. So, and then, yeah, it was just just a lot of stuff going on in that little situation. Yeah. Is it fair to say that as a Let's say under 18, growing up, you had predominantly Latino friends. Definitely, because on top of the whole Elephant and Castle vibe. Uh, yes, I went to Spanish school every Saturday, where I made more Latino friends, more than the ones I met in Elephant and Castle. Um, so yeah, definitely, predominantly, my friends were Latino. So actually, one of the points of conversation I had was, um, do you speak Spanish? Oh yeah, I do. So you're pretty fluent? Yes. Do you speak at home? Um... Uh, I do. I think I speak Spanglish more now because my parents know that I speak Spanish. But when I was a kid, they didn't speak to me in English or they didn't allow me to speak English. Yeah, but such yeah. an immigrant parent thing. Yeah, my parents would be like, we don't speak English. And I remember being like, I've heard you speak English. <laughs> <laughs> like, neglecting you, like not able to start that conversation. Um, but yeah, um, now that they know that my Spanish is fine, they're not worried about me losing my Spanish. I kind of just talk in whatever comes out. Okay, and then also, uh, were there any cultural differences in school? Um, Cultural differences with other immigrant communities, more so than anything else. My primary school was like 10 minutes down the road from Elephant and Castle, so it was just like, it was really multicultural, there were loads of Latinos, and my primary school was really cool with celebrating other cultures. So every year we had an international week, and then we had an international fair, and people would bring in food, and we would all come in dressed in like our national clothes. Yes, we did that as well. So I didn't, it was great. Oh, you said a great time in school. I had a great time in school. <laughs> and then kind of what was your relationship like with your parents? So I actually know, for those of you listening, I actually know a little bit about Jennifer's parents because I've seen them on social media and, and they seem pretty chill. Yeah. Is that, would you say that's quite normative for Colombian parents? Pretty chill? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Chill, chill is a strange word. I wouldn't call my parents chill. I'd say like... What were they like on boys? Um, they, okay, chill. They yeah. were chill with that. Yeah, no, they were never like, you can't have a boyfriend. They were always like really cool with that. I think growing up, they were quite strict on a lot of things, but definitely not on boys or on, I don't know what other stuff people were strict on, but that wasn't one of them. Are your parents Catholic? Yes. What about sex? Um, I think when I was, before, I, when I was like 15, 16, my mom just said, please wait until you're at least 18. (laughs) 
like there's a huge difference between 16 and 18 yeah for her yeah. it was I just no, I, I just it. remember that being the thing she was like please wait until you're 18 you're not like emotionally ready before you're 18 and I was like alright and then she's just been pretty chill about it like she would never be weird like, about horrified, it like horrified like oh my god my daughter's having sex like no. I'm going to church <laughs> like blah 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 because I think that's a stereotype that a yeah. lot of Latinos get labelled with and I'm not talking just Colombia here like you see it in the news or social media or um a lot of like media so yeah. you, you see in Hollywood that a lot of films that portray Latinos are like super Catholic families Bible bashing like quinceañeras or whatever yeah. sorry I'm in Spanish I butchered <laughs> that and you know they all get pregnant these yeah no I think my parents are Catholic but they're not they, we don't go to mass on Sundays so I think my mum's always emphasised having a relationship with God in private. It's yeah. like between you and God and you pray whenever you want to pray. Yeah. But it's not a case of going to Mass every Sunday to prove it. And yeah, they are pretty chill. And I think one thing that always comes to mind when I think about this kind of stuff is I think maybe a few months ago I was listening to a song in the car with my dad. Yeah. And in Spanish it's like, it translates to bad reputation. So this girl talking about how she's got a bad reputation for sleeping around and like dating a bunch of men but never falling in love or getting into a relationship. And my dad just turns around and he's like, you know, you could take a note out of her book. And I was like, oh. what? <laughs> Your dad's like fully endorsing this Tatiana lifestyle. <laughs> no, he's like, I don't want to know the details, but like, yeah, he was like, you can just like date around. Like, I, he's just always been against me actually having a boyfriend not because he's like oh my god don't have sex or anything it's more about don't waste your youth don't waste your youth on a relationship he's always been like settle down late yeah, so, yeah. no i get you and actually that's really interesting from immigrant parents because a common theme which i either hope to dispel or kind of agree with is that immigrant parents are really rush you into it because they grew up in a different generation especially multi-ethnic <coughs> generations where they got married young because that was a norm back then and yeah. they encouraged their children to marry young and I just I never really got that so I'm so glad that your dad is a little bit like forward thinking yeah like do what you want live your best life and you're an only child anyway yeah so I think they've only got one shot really so they don't <laughs> want you to mess up you know they're like marry at 50 but as long as it's the right one and not yeah dead, like fine yeah good good on them I'm proud of you Mr. Lopez <laughs> <laughs> and um and then what was it like when you went back to Colombia as a kid then yeah, it was really fun going back to Colombia. Um, yeah. it, it's great. It's great always being there because it's I'm there with my family and every time we go, we have that sort of family time, but then we also go to a new city or we go to a new destination. So it's just like, Colombia's so beautiful. There's so many things to see and so many really nice places. So it's like a holiday, but then it's also family time. So it's really fun. And then when you were in Colombia, did you ever feel out of place? I think inevitably there are moments where you feel a bit out of your depth or just like not in your setting because it's not where I grew up and mm -hmm. Colombia is very very different um I guess really obviously infrastructure wise so I think sometimes when I go I think when I went there for the first time after five years it was, was the first time that I really noticed how different the roads are in certain parts of the city and how different the transportation is so I think I, I can't help but feel sometimes a bit different just because in London like I can move around on my own whereas when I go there I have to go with someone because I don't know the city. No agreed actually that's a good point and I think there's a lot of stereotypes around Colombia not being safe mm -hmm. and how would you disregard that or would you not? Would you actually be like actually it is unsafe but you just need to be street smart? 
yeah, I think Colombia, as any country, you've got to be careful in certain places. There are certain places that you shouldn't go. Um, but in general, you're going to be fine. I think people really, I think the media really hypes it up and Colombia just had such a bad rep. And it's, it, it, I don't think it's particularly accurate. I, I think it would be a lie to be like, yeah, it's completely safe. You know, do everything that you do in England, the same in Colombia. And it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, that's not true. But it's not, it's also not true that everything bad is going to happen to you the second you leave the airport. Like, you've just got to be a bit smarter about it. And avoid certain areas, um, just as you would in London. No, of course, actually. I think people miss that point. And then, because the only impression I know of Colombia is via you. Yes. Via Shakira. We'll touch upon <laughs> very much later, because we'll a whole segment about her. But then also, Narcos. And I yes. think Narcos is, like, a huge... I don't even know what to describe it as. Like, it, like a huge platform mm-hmm. for what Hollywood or, like, Western portrayal thought of Colombia and then people now if you speak about Colombia it's like everyone knows Pablo Escobar everyone knows drugs and gangs and violence and actually that was like a decade of Colombian history if that and for sure I'm sure there's drug trade but there's drug trade everywhere in the world there's drug trade in India there's drug trade the opium trade is in like Afghanistan India Pakistan kind of region but people want to focus on cocaine and associate yeah. that with People also Columbia. want to forget that the reason that Colombia produces cocaine is because the West demands it. You know, it comes into Europe and it goes into the United States. And if, if that demand wasn't there, the supply wouldn't be there either. So it's not really, uh, it's just, it just sucks to always have it so one-sided. Yeah. Um, and to sort of stigmatize Colombians when... We don't touch that. <laughs> and have you ever... Have people ever said anything to you that has kind of, like, pissed you off in that sense? Have people ever? I mean... <laughs> wow, okay, paraphrase. Um, I'm sure people have said to you, but have you ever had to just kind of correct someone? Like, you know that tongue-in-cheek moment where you think, do I want to shut this person down today? Yeah. I think as I've grown older, I have tried... To, to do that instead to correct and to make people feel uncomfortable is my biggest aim. <laughs> so I think as a teenager, my mistake was to get angry and people like a reaction. Okay. So people would continue to piss me off with that kind of thing. Like I remember I was 14, I was in year nine and these girls would just like ask me for cocaine and it would get me hey. so angry. <laughs> and that's why they would continue to do it. And it was just, it was so mean. But I think now as an adult, I'm I'm, I'm just like, if somebody says something to me, I will do my best to make them uncomfortable. Be like, I'm not okay with that. That's not funny. That's actually really ignorant. And yeah. I, I will make you feel crap. <laughs> and then yeah. you won't do it again. So um, you're doing a really good job at covering up the fact that you deal cocaine. So well done. <laughs> <laughs> Congrats. You've convinced everyone. Uh, Elephant and Castle, guys. She's not the roundabout. <laughs> no, but I completely agree. And I think... That's one important thing of growing up with your culture as well. Yeah. You want to shut these people down and make them uncomfortable. It's like, And I think that the whole point of this podcast is to start that narrative and actually understand that people making you uncomfortable isn't them being rude to you for a reason, like for no reason. Mm-hmm. It's actually them trying to educate you as well yeah. as politely as possible. And there are some people that are passive aggressive about it. And for sure, I've definitely been passive aggressive when people stereotype me. But actually, I turn around and say hang on a second, it is a stereotype, but actually there's history behind it. Yeah. And I think, I think that's the best you can do yeah. for, any, for any nationality or ethnicity or kind of racial group. And so, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I tried with, um, I think a recent one, it was with like, oh, Narcos. It's like, oh, I'm Colombian. Oh, have you watched Narcos? Like, no, I haven't because I don't like to 
fund or like fuel this in any type of way. So I think it, it is a good moment of education mm-hmm. um, because I explain I don't like seeing somebody who had the country in his palm for a decade glorified because yeah. so many people died so at his hands. So many people actually yeah. glorified Pablo. I remember that year I saw an article on BuzzFeed, although not that reputable, but um, <laughs> so many people had dressed up as Pablo Escobar for Halloween and oh, things like no. that. And, I actually know personally friends who have done that and posted on Instagram like, oh, woohoo, like, oh, yeah. you know. I, I just don't understand that. And I, I think, and I think that this is the other problem with Western media. I found, um, and I have another Colombian friend at work who said this, and she actually said she'd been waiting for so long for Colombian representation, and then they come out with the shit that's narcos. Yes. And it's like, do it right or don't do it all. Yeah. yeah. I'd rather not at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm sure many yeah. other people would say like similar things about their representation in Western media. But it almost agonizes you because you've been waiting so long to teach people about it and you want the whole world to know how amazing your country yeah. and like, you know, kind of nationality is. And then it comes out with the shit Just that's Pablo Escobar, yeah. here's cocaine, and I, think I when kill it... children, <laughs> the DEA is my best friend. You know, it, it's all that shit. Yeah. yeah. When it came out, um, I remember it was, the, it was the September that I started uni. And I think I remember feeling like things have been calm. I haven't been getting that many comments lately. And then boom, Narcos comes <laughs> out just as I start uni in a foreign city. And I was just like, I was so ready to foreign fight everyone. City. God, you can tell the girl lives in London. It was, it was the North. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, okay, so let's talk about your time at uni. So obviously you had a pretty chill, cushy childhood. Yeah. Like, until you were 18, good relationship with your parents. And then he went to uni. So for those of you that don't know, we both studied at University of Sheffield, which is where we met. Jennifer actually studied... I want to call you J-Lo. Fuck it. I'm calling you J-Lo. <laughs> J-Lo, which is what I call her. Uh, J-Lo studied uh, history. history. Yeah. Yes. And then what kind of made you want to study history? Um, honestly, I've just always been interested in history. It was kind of a no-brainer. I was like, what do I like? I like history. I'm going to uni. I'm going to study history. And you did it for A-level? Yes. And can you dispel the myth that there's any kind of stereotypes around what, like, Latinos typically study? Because if I talk a stereotype in our community, and it's not really a stereotype because, I mean, we all do it, that um, (laughs) we study medicine or dentistry or engineering, we study, you know, worse comes to, God forbid you study law because you don't want to do medicine and things like that. Is there any kind of stereotypes around that community? I don't think there's stereotypes with, like, my community as in second gen community yeah. Yeah, yeah. um i think we all study kind of different things i think the the stereotypes are more so with the perceptions back in colombia of what is a good degree and what isn't a good degree mm-hmm. so i think in colombia the history degree is very different it is probably solely to become a teacher at least that's what my family has led me to believe um so i think so i have a cousin who's like three months younger than me and she's growing up in colombia and she's studying to be a vet okay so i think the way that I was sort of made to feel sometimes was that her degree was like really good. And then people were like, you're studying history? What are you gonna do with that? And it's always the Colombian relatives like that will say shit like that yeah. because they don't live in the UK and their perception of certain, I don't know, university degrees yeah. is completely different. And then what would they think you do to grow up? Like, what would they, you know, what would your grandma tell people? Like, I don't know, you know, your auntie or whatever, what would they tell people that you would grow up to do? I don't know what my grandma... I think my, my grandma was pretty chill. It was like... I think my cousin... The same cousin that's studying to be a vet. She, yeah. She's studying to be a vet of wild animals in a country where there are no wild animals, right? And she said to me, oh, isn't history a bit risky? And I was like, you're studying wild animals. Exactly. <laughs> there's no... It was like... 
cows that's it that's all you yeah, got no. so then i was just like all right. she's not studying veterinary she's studying zoology like, <laughs> so i think i don't know i think that was more so when i was 18 and i was starting my degree okay i think as the years passed and we had more conversations it's like you know what history is a really good degree in in england at least it's not a degree that is solely for one career yeah. it's an it's a degree that opens loads of doors and you can really do anything with a history degree obviously not practice medicine but you can do a lot of things with a history degree and I think they have kind of I mean they are proud of me and my degree I I haven't really had very in-depth conversations about how proud they are of it being a history degree but they seem all right now and here's what's more interesting did your parents go to university um my mum did and my dad dropped out it doesn't matter what you do at university for your dad because you know he's just happy that you got to graduate because I think there's a lot of sentiments around parents whether they're immigrants or not like even british born you know, dropouts or british born people who didn't get the opportunity they're like super proud that their child has gone to university yeah so would you say it's the same um i think with my dad it was a little different because my dad got a job okay. and started making money and he, and was, he like, was like this is better yeah yeah <laughs> so that's why i wasn't allowed to have a job before uni i wasn't allowed to have a job at 16 because my dad was like you're gonna love money and you're not gonna go to uni <laughs> So, so I wasn't allowed to work. <laughs> okay, Mr. Lopez, we need to be friends. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, but my dad was, both of my parents were really cool with, like, whatever I wanted to study. And I recently um, overheard, well, I wasn't over here, I was present, when my dad was talking to my cousin over Christmas in Colombia. And my cousin's dad, so my uncle, um, he, his dream was for his two kids, one, one doctor and one lawyer and and he very precise yes and he got one doctor and one lawyer um but i think the lawyer wasn't too happy with that um he didn't enjoy he didn't enjoy it and he's not practicing law now um so i think i i I heard my dad talking to my cousin saying that seeing that and seeing the effect that that had on my cousin made him not want to be like that with me and want to support whatever i wanted to study it's hard and actually it's something that's going to be touched upon in probably another episode but that is something i grew up with like i definitely grew up with um having a lot of pressure on me to study a degree even though my parents are what i classify as now liberal and it's I, and the reason I just touched upon it is not to be presumptuous, but more just, is it a thing? Let's yeah, see yeah. Like, is it is it a common occurrence that everyone who's not white? Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think it's, it still is common to, I think, to want that prestigious degree in your family, to want yeah. a doctor and want a lawyer. And I think it's quite common amongst any kind of ethnicity or nationality to gloat amongst, like, cousins. Yes. And it's always, like, my son, you know, like, in any community, like, my son is doing this. Like, <laughs> like he has 28 stars. <laughs> be like, oh, 28 cool, stars. Like, cool. You I can't didn't... take 28 levels. Do you see? me, there probably is someone out there. And then at university, kind of, like, what was your experience like at university? University, I'd say, was very different to my upbringing in London. So I think in London, I was always like, cool, everyone is from everywhere. And then I got to Sheffield and I was like, whoa, not everyone is from everywhere. I am yeah. different. Um, and that was the only, that was the first time I felt like that. And I, I have a very vivid memory of Freshers Week. Um, the first time I ever heard Mr. Brightside come on. And I was <gasps> like, never heard that no, I never heard of it. And everyone was You're singing so it. <laughs> And everyone was singing it and I didn't know a single word. And I think I, I just remember feeling so like out of place in that moment. Um, and I and I did for a long time. And yeah, it, it was it was actually, it was quite difficult because it was my first time being sort of almost completely surrounded by white British people. 
um, because you know school had always been really multicultural. I'm actually from the north, so I'm from Manchester, and even though Manchester itself is pretty diverse, um, quite similar to London, I grew up in quite a white area. So for me, when I came to Sheffield, it didn't feel any different. Like okay, I grew yeah. up like knowing Mr. Brightside because it's like what <laughs> white people listen to. And um, similar to all the songs, like you know, I knew them all. I knew like it, literally everything that ever came on in Corp. And um, I did not. <laughs> yeah, no, I the indie like, room it's was, interesting. Oh. But this is what's interesting. It's like I. It's so weird to hear it from a different perspective, especially Londoners, actually. Yeah. Because Londoners grow up with so many different cultures around yeah. them. And I actually have friends who, like, are Latino, not Colombian, Latino, but they know more dancehall music than white people music because they're Jamaican <laughs> friends. And yeah. it's like, I completely get it. But whereas, you know, growing up in Sheffield, I can't... I, it, the, even the demographics of Sheffield is pretty white. Like, yeah. The locals are white. Doncaster's the whitest place I'm <laughs> um, but you, you get my gist like sorry yeah. to find anyone from Doncaster I mean you're still great and then who were your friends at uni just because you obviously had limited so I assume you didn't have all Latino friends so funnily enough my first friends at uni were Colombian international students okay um, so that was kind of a different ballpark in terms of my Colombian friendships and my Latino friendships because they had always been second gen or 1.5 gen um, but my first friends at uni were international students which was nice um, it was it's friendships that always start very quickly and you just become like best friends very quickly because you have that common ground yeah um, but then I did um, eventually make more friends and the friends that I still have now that I'm closest to um, are other ethnic minorities. <laughs> and that's okay. And that's a really common occurrence as yeah. well. It's only natural that we gravitate towards people that we have yeah. that cultural link with. And it's almost like you're going to find those nuances. Nuances? Nu- I'm just going to stop using fancy words. But <laughs> you're going to find those connections with yeah. people that get on with you and grew up in the same way as you. And they can laugh in your kind of mother tongue or yeah. second language and who were your friends after these uh, international Colombians? So they were my housemates. Um, I I was really good, I was good course mates with one of my course mates. <laughs> and then um, her friend dropped out and my two Colombian friends fell out. So I moved in with her. Okay. So she, she was like, I'm still good friends with her now. Um, I think she's the only white British friend I have from uni and then the others they were very like mixed house Mm -hmm. so then the others were like ethnic minorities and we just clicked really well so you kind of gravitated away from your latino community yeah immersed yourself back in that multi-ethnic yeah background that london usually has to offer so even if you didn't grow up in a latino community you'd probably have these sets of ethnic backgrounds in your school kind of yeah how were you with being yourself so by that I mean what was your cultural identity like at uni so were you super Colombian and then you know you tried your best to kind of pursue that when you were not at home I'll give you an example of myself I grew up pretty in a white community I had mostly if not all white friends mm-hmm. during school so when I came at 18 all my friends in first year were pretty much white I would say 90% they were white but I still did go out of my way to join things like the Indian Society Mm -hmm. and obviously you now later know that I joined Bollywood Society and things like that you were president president (laughs) no big deal guys (laughs) like basically famous um what about yourself um I think when I was when I first started uni and I and I was kind of friends with these um Colombian international students 
at first it was cool and, and that and I wanted to join there there is a Latino society in, in Sheffield but it's mostly like master students and like PhDs and when I was 18 that just wasn't really appealing to me because yeah. of the age gap um and in terms of food you know I had my little rice maker my rice cooker I took that with me so like, those are things that I that did incorporate every <laughs> ethnic I'm not joking. I think this is like universal across multi-ethnic. <laughs> Did your mum get give you the rice maker? She gave me a, a small one. Yeah, she bought me a small one from Argos. <laughs> yeah, I think if your mum don't do that, she don't love you guys. Like <laughs> honestly, dead ass. If you did not have a rice cooker at uni, you weren't the one. And my boyfriend's gonna cry now because he didn't have one. But you get the point. Um, okay, so you still kept in touch with your background and yeah. culture that way. And then, how often would you find yourself going home? Like every month. Okay. And then when I'd come home, I'd stock up on like arepas, which is these like cornbread. Um, you you like you can buy them from Elephant Castle, um, <laughs> frozen. So then I just like put them in my suitcase, get on the train, and then put them in the freezer. What is that super delicious food that is wrapped up in like a leaf? Oh, tamal! Have you had that? No, I really oh. need to get some. Where can I get some good? What's it? Elephant Castle. <laughs> <laughs> How do you say it? Sorry. Tamal. Tamal. Here I was to use tamale, my dumbass. Oh, like Cardi B says it like that. I think that might be why. Cardi B. I mean, so many, <laughs> so many Latino influences. She's like, hot tamale. That's how she says it, but that's wrong. Yeah, yeah. that song. I like it like yeah. that. There we go. I knew there was a reason I called it tamale. <laughs> so your friends were pretty multi-ethnic. You mm-hmm. went home, like, you know, once a month. Yeah. So you, got, you kind of got that restoration with your culture anyway. And just in general, like, what do you think of Sheffield you know when you started versus when you left I think when I started I was like what am I doing here I'm so out of place and then when I left I just found that it was it was such a such a nice city I I love the north I love northerners everyone is so nice I think at first not even just as a Colombian just like as a southerner it was really weird when people would just talk to you on the tram or talk to you just like on the streets like what are you doing but then eventually you realize that northerners are just friendly and chatty so I think I, I grew to really like that. I grew to like what a small city has to offer and how close everything is. I thought that was yeah. really annoying and like tiny. Tight-knit community. Yeah, but then I grew to like it. Um, so yeah, I think I think as the years progressed in Sheffield, I feel like my sort of Britishness went higher. Like it just felt a bit stronger. I think there were things that I had never done. Like I'd never had a roast and I'd never... What is wrong with you? <laughs> like... Didn't listen to Mr. Brightside. Didn't have a. I think these are. I really grew up Colombian. British things <laughs> as well. And how weird that you're saying that now, and I'm like, actually, uh, you know. Yeah. I, I, no, I completely agree. I'd that never had. Point. Yeah, I'd never had a pie, and now like Naughty Hill, that is like a staple of oh Sheffield. God, Naughty Hill. Yeah. Wow, I dream about those pies. One time I went in, and there was like a two-hour queue. And I was just like, how can people love pies this much? They like, wait around for two hours on like sticky like park benches in an inside pub. Like I, just, I don't get the, like the big deal, but obviously it was delicious. We yeah. did wait around two hours. Yeah, so guilty. But no, Jennifer also studied. JLo, JLo went abroad and she actually studied in the USA. Yeah. Um. And what year was that actually? That was my third year. Okay. And where did you study again? I went to Buffalo, New York. Ah, I actually know Buffalo. I, I only know it from one Disney film. They have a Disney film? They have a Disney film that's based in Buffalo. I'm not even making this oh up. Oh my God. And I don't remember what it's called. And it's about like a ranch. There's bulls involved. If anyone knows what I'm talking about, like, wow, OG Disney None of watches. my Buffalonian friends told me that. <laughs> and what's weird is that I actually never knew Buffalo was in New York. It, I mean, it's it, so... They make it sound like a state. Well, it is in New York State and it's so far away from New York City. It's closer yeah. to Toronto. It's like half an hour away from um, Niagara Falls. 
Ah. Therefore, half an hour away from Canada. Oh, interesting. Okay, so that's another thing that you... Far. Yeah. That is far. And I think people forget about New York State. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, NYC. And I was like, I was not in New York City. I was a 12-hour bus away from New York City. Oh, sad. You got the bus. I did get the bus. How long was it? 12 12 hours. hours. (laughs) You got to sleep on it? Uh, I tried to sleep on it. It was an overnight bus? Yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. sis. We all been there. Dreadful. We all been At least it wasn't like Southeast Asia on your gap yard or something. Gap (laughs) yard. At least it was in the Buffalo. (laughs) What influenced your decision to study abroad? Or do you just um, want to do it anyway? I think I was definitely sold on that American dream crap that Hollywood gives us. Um, that whole like, oh my God, college and all of that. So that yeah. I, I was like really excited to go. And also I was I was excited to be able to study something that wasn't just history. Because yeah, of course. I, you do modules yeah. and electives and all that shit. Yeah, yeah, and that was really cool. Even though I mostly ended up studying history because that's what I like. But it was cool because I did some gender classes and it was, yeah, I just wanted to do it. And then I think a big part of that was a big part, but then also a big part of wanting to study in the US in particular was because um, the options for Latin American history in the UK, in UK universities are shocking. Um, mm. Sheffield was cool because we had Caroline Pennock. Um, there was a Latin American module in politics that I studied. I'm not joking. I learned all about Eva Perón. Okay, yeah. I, I think towards the end of my degree, like literally like my final semester, I realized that if I had looked into Hispanic modules, yes, then there would have been some crossover, but they don't advertise that. Yeah. So I think in history, history, we had two and it was like the Aztecs and then it was like... Um, the Aztecs. Guys, we're not going to teach you about modern like <laughs> Latinos because we don't know anything about that, but you can learn about what happened like five million years ago. But it was fun. I enjoyed that module. Oh, damn. It was okay. a good module. Okay, Taylor, we get it. We get it. Okay. <laughs> Aztecs, what are they famous for? Chocolate. Human sacrifice. That <laughs> 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 one of the most opposite things ever. I swear they discovered chocolate. Or was that the Incas? They didn't. Uh, no, they, um, the Aztecs did have a lot of the. I swear they created chocolate. I mean. Or they found it. Or they something. had the, the, the cocoa plant thing, and then when the Europeans arrived, they chucked sugar in it. I mean, they had like hot chocolate. And then yes, the Europeans were like, oh my god, this is really, really like cool. Like Chompado or something. What? Is that Filipino? Am I getting my ethnicities confused? <laughs> you have a chocolate with cheese in. Oh yeah, we do do that. What's it called? It's just called hot chocolate cheese. <laughs> I, I took, I brought an authentic Colombian to my podcast, obviously, because it's called hot chocolate with cheese. So queso, forget that. But who fuck, what fucking is queso? If you go to Colombia and say hot chocolate with cheese, they, they will them. know, they will know. Yes, because no one in Colombia speaks English, obviously. <laughs> so you studied abroad and then were your friends there quite American? <laughs> my closest friends were all Latino. <laughs> <laughs> But we're at, here's the thing, there's a huge demographic of, like, Hispanic slash Latino in yes. the US. So did you find it easier to gravitate towards them because there was just so many of them anyway? Um, In Buffalo, there was a, a, a shocking shortage. I was expecting a lot more. <laughs> I was expecting a lot more, but they were primarily, like, Dominican and Puerto Rican. Yeah, um, of course. That was, like, the main part. And they, they had societies, and I kind of went a few times, and I, I didn't keep going because... I think societies in the US is just really crap because you can't drink. They're a lot more monitored. So it yeah. was like, so their weekly like thing would be to like play games at university sober. So I was like, I'm not going to do that. Play games? <laughs> you mean like Twister and shit? I don't, it, it was that kind of stupid stuff. So it would be like 
Get in hey a guys, we're gonna come to the garden. Oh my god, we're gonna play like Monopoly. That was a really bad accent. But you get my point. It was kind of like that. So everything we're was like soda. It was like, it, I mean, it was kind of like that. So I, I, I didn't continue to go to them, but then I joined a co-ed frat, and then there I became really good friends with a Dominican girl and a Colombian girl. I was hoping this would be a love story, JLo. You no, really disappointed me. I made friends with a Dominican boy. <laughs> <laughs> So you enjoyed, you did your modules, you did the whole shebang, yeah. like you enjoyed it. And did you think any different of you being British Colombian versus American, I mean, did you did you come across any Colombians in the US? Yeah, yeah, um, my friend, um, who I also met, it was a Dominican and a Colombian girl. Okay. And um, I think our, it's a lot of similarities in the way that we've grown up. We both grew up with immigrant parents. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we, we just grew up really, really similar. We had the same sort of, values and we listened to the same music it was just like it, she was me in another country <laughs> that's sweet i like that i like when you bond because i think there's a huge difference between where you are a second gen immigrant as mm -hmm. well so you being um an, a second gen in uk versus second gen in us versus second gen in australia like yeah I think they're all so different but it's interesting to see that you found that connection even yeah. despite growing up in the uk well she grew up in well see i grew up in london multicultural city she grew up in new york multicultural city yeah, so i think similar. yeah we, we we had very similar upbringings like her her closest friends are all colombian my closest friends are all latino so we had we had a lot of of that in common to touch upon this then what would you give like hearing your entire life story now you're back in london you're living amongst you're living at home right mm -hmm, so you're I back am, with your yeah. parents like in the latino community again Elephant Castle, gang gang. Actually, you're not there <laughs> anymore, are you? You're in Bermondsey. Guys, I can give you her address. If it's not the Elephant Roundabout, it's, it's down the road. <laughs> but my point is, is if you had to give advice to someone who's struggling with their Latino identity, because they haven't grown up, they haven't been privileged enough to grow up in a place like South London and Latino community. They grew up in Leeds. They grew up in Leeds. <laughs> that was really mean. Leeds is actually really cool. It's full of brown people. So fine, I mean, fine. I they grew up in Doncaster. <laughs> they grew up in Doncaster, yes. What would you give to them? Like, say it's a 16-year-old listening to this. A 16-year-old. I would say listen to reggaeton. <laughs> reggaeton is probably the best thing about your culture. I think reggaeton music has really just helped me connect with your kind of like yeah. culture. And not just Colombian, but like even Mexicans. Mm. I, I mean, I go to Bar Salsa and Temple. Oh, do you? Oh, no. I love Actually, that place. Do you know what? One time I, I went there and then I went through the tags of the place to see what pictures and I saw your picture there. Did you? Yeah. I'm local there. <laughs> I don't know. I basically pretend I'm Spanish. I like, but yeah, no, I do pretend I'm Spanish sometimes because I have been mistaken for like Peruvian because I'm short. Oh, okay. Know. Yeah, you feel? Yeah. You feel? But yeah, that. no, great music. Love that. And I think there's increasingly like a nightlife now reggaeton mm -hmm. because it's so popular like so many artists yeah everyone's to like, collab everyone wants the next despacito everyone every yeah despacito, but also things like um friends like que calor yes there's like miente oh like my god look What's at that you one that little mix did reggaeton yeah you know yeah. what no you know yeah it's with like cnco Yes. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. My point is, I think people are just ignorant because everyone clashes Spanish as one, like Spanish-speaking countries are one. Yes. So actually, if you ask someone where J Balvin is from, I don't know. He's from Colombia. There we go. <laughs> no one would know that. Everyone just be, oh, it's, it's yeah. And I don't know why because like J Balvin, if you just listen, he'll be like Colombia yeah, <laughs> in his yeah. songs. Well, yeah, he did it at the Super Bowl. He'd be like Medellin. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then just speaking of J Balvin, what did you think of the Super Bowl? Oh my god, the Super Bowl performance. I didn't shop about it for like two days. The <laughs> next day I went to work and I was like, guys, have you watched the Super Bowl performance? And I made them watch it with me. It was just so good. And then I went home and I watched it again. Like it was I just watch amazing. it every day. <laughs> I watched that performance every single day. I can I probably know the choreo by now. I've like learned. Have you seen the Champeta challenge? Yes, I've learned that Champeta challenge <laughs> and I've learned all of J Lo's get right. Like I know uh, the whole thing. Like yeah. wow, that was insane. That was a really monumental point for American Latinos and Hispanics. Yes. Because there was a lot of um there's kind of a lot of political messages in it. There was a whole the cages with yeah. the children, there was a Puerto Rican flag. Yeah. Um, you know, Shakira just doing multiple things like she kind of incorporated things from Africa, the Middle East. Mm-hmm. She obviously to Colombia, yeah. um, the US, and even J Lo. I've actually admittedly never seen J Lo really embrace her heritage mm-hmm. because obviously she comes from Puerto Rican, yeah. yeah, Puerto Rican yeah. parents, right? It was just nice. It was nice to see that side of her. I've only yeah. ever seen her in chick flicks or like really, yeah. And I think I think that's the thing. Like Western media, if you're not Latino, yeah, do you see this side to her because it's not what sells. It doesn't what sell. It, sorry, let's rephrase. <laughs> it's not what sells. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I d- I've definitely seen it. I think she did a. Um, I think it was the AMAs a few years ago. She did a performance, a tribute to Celia Cruz, who was a huge salsa singer. Um, and that was like the American Music Awards. So I've definitely seen her with like the really? salsa. And it was I've like the same, it was the same kind of choreo with like, you know, with all the, cause all the, the salsa dancers in the Insane. Super Bowl, they were from Cali, they're Colombian. Um, and it was like the same group, but yeah. I have I can to basically yeah. do that by the way. So they <laughs> preview, like check out my Instagram, I'll post on there somewhere. Um, and then do you actually think that the Super Bowl is a good thing? So similar, to, let's, t- let's take Narcos, for example. So you mentioned Narcos, that came into the light. Now everyone's thinking this is Colombians. Yeah. I think Shakira's, Shakira's always been really proudly Colombian. Mm-hmm. She, you know, she's made that no secret. And she's very, I think, very good at what she does and incorporating her culture into it. Yes. Do you think this will be the conversation point now moving forward? Like, oh my God, Shakira's Colombian. She's this amazing, you know, performance at the Super Bowl. No. No, no I don't think so. I think that people will forget that she's Colombian in about two weeks. I think, I, I, I don't know what it is with like short-term memory with a lot of people because like in Hips Don't Lie, she mentions Barranquilla, right? So she, the city that she's from. And I think there are so many ways to know that she's Colombian. Like if you just watch the Waka Waka video, she's walking around with the Colombian flag. Like it's like you said, she hasn't made it a secret. It's the same with J Balvin and it's just like, People just don't remember that. Or they'll be like, oh, Shakira. And then they'll just be like, oh, okay, and drugs. <laughs> so I think it, it is always a second point of conversation. And I think I had that hope back in 2014 when Colombia was doing really well in the World Cup. Because yes, football so changes. Yeah. Gonna, the next thing, I'm not even joking, I was going to say football. Yeah. I was like, that's what Colombia is known yeah. for. Yeah. Well, I think after that, 20, the 2014 one was like the first... The, the big one, right? And then after that, I did see a few people wearing Colombia shirts, kind of like people wear Brazil ones. Like, they're not Brazilian, mm. but then, like, they just look it's nice. Just a thing. Yeah, like yeah. So yeah. Th- I think that's kind of what I was hoping for. I was hoping that pe- more people would be like, oh, James Rodriguez or Falcao. But then that kind of lasted up until the next World Cup when then England, when England had to play. Yes. Them, we lost. Yes. Um, I mean, whatever. Colombia does. They're hot, man. Yeah. Whatever. They were spicy to look at. Well, just, you know, touching on the, the England Colombia thing, I think that one was. It was really disappointing. I think um, the the lead up to that match was really painful for me because I think the media just shat on Colombia basically. Like they, no other country got as much scrutiny in the lead up to a match 
from the press and it was it was really painful to see it was really it, ra- yeah. I saw racist it was marks. so I remember bad. In the media it um, was really it was really it was it was difficult and then it was harder to then lose because then it sort of like justified we're shit on you anyway. yeah exactly and it was like all of those things we couldn't we didn't even get the chance to prove that wrong and then it sucked because like they beat us on penalties it wasn't even like you beat us properly and it just it, it, guys don't uh, yeah. revoke her Columbia passport <laughs> like she just admitted that publicly <laughs> um but yeah it was it, it was it was not it was not good and i think that that hope that colombian football would change that kind of died when all of that stuff happened with with the british media no agree okay that's interesting actually and that's something i completely dismissed as in it was at the back of my mind i forgot that match happened because it's just so you know it, it you don't realize how these things affect us and i feel the same way about india england cricket and also, I think there's another issue is like, oh, people say to me, why do you not support England? Because you're British. But I think part of me would never support England. Like, it's just not going to be a thing ever. See, I had always supported England up until that match. Really? Yeah. It's super interesting. So I think I will not support... I think even third, fourth gens in India support... Indians support India. No, I, I, I think I've always supported... I've always supported England because I've always felt like I am both. And I, and I feel lucky to have grown up here because I have opportunities that my cousins in Colombia don't yeah and that's not something that I take lightly but that was really painful and I think that I will support England again when this team is done (laughs) when they all grow out when they're all in their 40s and we've got a new batch of people that are not smearing Colombia then then maybe I will come back I actually remember feeling really bummed after that match and I walked home from Old Street and there were people like, oh, blah, 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 you know, singing shit in Spanish, like yeah. made up Spanish. And I, <laughs> I, you know, it's little things like that that you don't realise how micro, these microaggressions yeah. affect your day-to-day life. And even people going into work, I remember my Colombian friend came in after the match and people being like, oh, fuck you, as a joke. It's not but funny. I mean, it's not funny at the yeah. end of the day. It's like a not even as um i think you have to be sensitive about these things as well because yeah. we are at the end of the day ethnic minorities and yeah. we've already been under scrutiny our parents have been under scrutiny and it's it's really difficult to kind of find the middle mark yeah as to what's a joke what's actually and i think people would be like oh shit that we lost but well played yeah I think that's like a very sportsman way to go about it yeah or be like oh gutted about the result last night but instead of being like well you guys won on penalties like you're still shit do you know what i mean it's yeah just, um no, but yes. England won on penalties. Eh? England won on penalties. We're going to edit this part out. <laughs> <laughs> we um, won't edit this part out. Uh, I think yeah. they did. I don't know. I've kind of... No, it could not be a one. No, they didn't. What are you talking about? Columbia did not beat England. Do you think I would have been as pissed off if Columbia had beat England? I have no idea. Okay, well, clearly I just no, forgot that England Columbia England definitely lost. won because that was a very dark time in life. <laughs> Angel. It's okay, but um, it means I have to publicly admit that I'm dumb. I don't remember the results of a match I was. I was in Shakira's, ma- um, Shakira's you match. You were in Shakira's match? I was in Shakira's concert during the, s- the second half of that football match. Yes! Oh, my God. What? I mean, how meta is that? Like, you were at a Columbia singer's concert whilst you are trying to root for Colum- well, yeah. not root for like you know Colombian England play that's amazing um, and then just following on from this so you mentioned England versus Colombia mm-hmm. like how you strolled a lot after that match yeah what do you think would inherently change the way that we culture and I'm not, you can speak this for generally you speak it as just from for yourself as a Colombian what do you think would inherently change the way that ethnicities and nationalities mix in this country like to be more mindful of each other what would you like to see? 
to be more mindful of each other. I think just like appreciating the good and not sort of throwing in people's faces the bad. Yeah. And I think that that would be like the biggest thing for me. I think that if people, I think sometimes I feel a bit anxious and it's not something I'm, I'm proud of admitting. I hate that I feel that way, but sometimes in new settings or with new people, I, I don't really like to say, oh, I'm Colombian as, on, on the first thing because I don't really want to get into that conversation or I have to make you feel uncomfortable because you say that. What a so, shame that we cannot start a conversation yeah. like that. And to be fair, a lot of people are really cool about it, but then equally a lot of people are not. So it's not it's not like my first introduction, you know? So I think that if... I would love to get to a place where it's like, oh, I'm Colombian, and people would be like, oh, Shakira, oh, J Balvin. Oh, and not, oh Pablo Escobar, yeah. drugs. Yeah, um, and it's just like, oh, it took you 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah, God. I, didn't, I, I think the thing is we hear about it and we... I mean, for me, as, like, an ethnic minority, I always thought it was a stereotype, and people actually don't say that, but it's a shame they that definitely you have 50% of the yeah. time people do say that. Yeah. It's definitely something we need to change. And how, um, just, like, kind of on a closing note, like, how would you like to define your relationship with your cultural identity more? You went to Colombia recently mm-hmm. over Christmas. I did, yeah. And you sure you going every single year, you're your mentality changes towards your country, you know, your, your parents' country, um, nationality, mm-hmm. and um, your relationship changes as well. You, you know, you grow up more, you kind of realise these microaggressions more, and then you go back to Colombia and you have a different time because you grow up, you actually get to live life as a Colombian and not, like, be dragged around by your parents yeah. wherever they want. So what is it that you'd like to change, you know, in your own self? It could be something... I mean, it could be nothing because you already think you're like doing the most. Like, you do you, Jenny, from the block? Like, you do you, but more just, is there anything you'd like to change? I think when I go to Colombia, I think the biggest thing for me, it, it, there has been sort of an element of unlearning a sort of fear that you have coming from a Western country. So it, it sucks that sometimes I'm like, oh my God, I'm so scared. Like, I can't go anywhere on my own. And then my cousins are always there to be like, calm down, like, nothing is going to happen to you mm-hmm. um, because it's more like, just like navigating in the non-touristy areas, just like in the normal areas. And it's definitely something that was in my head. And as I've gone the past three years, I've worked on it more and more. So I think ultimately I'd like to get to a point where I will be able to just like get on a bus on my own and just be like, fine. And I'm going out and I don't need you to shop around me. Yeah, exactly. Just get to that point where I'm like really, really comfortable doing that. I feel like a local. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you do anyway, but I feel like a local in the sense you don't need a guide. Yeah. You don't need Google Maps out. Exactly. But I mean, that comes with familiar, familiar, familiarity. Is that? That's wrong. That's, we're both wrong. <laughs> we both can't speak English. Why people help us out? <laughs> but yeah, I think it just comes with knowing a way around. And yeah. you can do that with more trips to Colombia, I guess. Yeah. Although they are really expensive RIP. I mean, yeah. I wanted to go to Latin America and I was like, hell fucking no. Like, it cost me less money to go to Australia to see my no, parents. No, yeah, that's really annoying that that yeah. does happen. It is really expensive. But I think uh, I, so a goal of mine would definitely be to go to Colombia with friends that are not Colombian. I would really yes. love to do that. It's a road trip yeah. 2021. Let's go. I well, not road trip, but... <laughs> Air trip. <laughs> Air trip. You know what I mean. But sure, you can get a gang of friends together. Yeah. And like have the time of it. I'm going to come. I've just self invited myself. <laughs> you have to take me to a regular night. Absolutely. I mean, a boss Elsa doesn't live up to the scratch. And then just on a closing note for real, uh-huh. do you have a closing note for your Spanish audience? Oh, do you want me to speak in Spanish? 
Yes. <laughs> Jenna, what's the point of this podcast? Obviously, you need to say something in Spanish because I said so. Uh, Shakira's listening. Shakira. Shakira, baby, if you're I listening. Love you, Shakira. <laughs> I love you, Shakira. I love you, Shakira. You sound really northern when you say that. Oh, my God. No, I'm never going to invite you again. <laughs> Cancel. This is the only time you will see Jenna <laughs> ever. Oh I'm going to unfollow her Gracias por invitarme. Eh, te deseo mucha suerte con tu podcast y espero volver. Thank you so much for being my guest and I hope you enjoyed your time here. For those of you that don't know, I presented her with M&Ms when she came, so I feel like I've been a really good host actually. You also told me not to eat them all. <laughs> this girl like gulped the entire pack of M&Ms in 10 seconds. I just set up my podcast stuff and she was like, it was gone, there was like three in there. But I hadn't eaten all day, whatever. Whatever JLo, low blow. But yeah, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Gen 2.0 and until next time. <laughs>